Getting proper mental health care can help you feel more like you. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, insomnia, relationship issues, workplace stress, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can use your FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hello, Cathy here, and this is the Cinema Wilder podcast where we record our walk home from the movies. But today's episode is actually a bonus episode from our Patreon feed, patreon.com forward slash cinemile, where we do all of our TV reviews and retro movie reviews. And um, The Last of Us has just begun on Sky Atlantic and HBO. Dave has played all the video games, I have not. And we've decided to cover it regularly over on our Patreon feed. And we decided, as a bonus, to put our discussion about the first episode onto our main feed. So enjoy and come follow us on Patreon for lots more chats about The Last of Us and other TV like Kaleidoscope, which we've just finished, and Welcome to Chippendales, which we are loving. See you there. Hello, patrons. Hello. It's us. We're here. TV back. TV is on our... (laughs) TV is here. (laughs) HBO Sunday night is back. And we're here to talk about episode one. Of The Last of Us. Yeah. So I was super, super excited about this show. This is one of my... If not my favorite video game of all time. Uh, From a narrative point of view, I think it's the best video game. Um, Both of them. I loved those games. Um, And this is by... Craig Mazin, who made Chernobyl. Yeah, um, we, any of our long-term uh, patrons will know we did a huge episode, if not episodes. We did about, a big spoiler special about on that. Chernobyl, yeah, when it so aired. You can scroll back there. A couple of years ago, we love Craig Mazin, who wrote it. It's a great it. show. He has also now directed the first episode of this, so um, I am not... I, I've never played the video game. I've seen uh, extracts of Dave playing it, and Dave has... Sadly, now that there's a TV show out about it, told me a lot about the overarching story of the video game. 
Um, I think I told you about the end of the first one, but that was nearly 10 years ago. So I, just, you, I know you, ter- you, you, also, you also told me loads about the second one. You were playing it to the point where I was like, you've just stopped telling me because this is really boring to hear somebody <laughs> tell me about a video game. That's However, so, so we've different... Pro- we, I'm interested because it's A, Craig Mason and B, because it's in the HBO Sunday night slot, which means it will be brilliant TV because they wouldn't put their other ways. Uh, and Dave's interested because of the game and we have just watched the first episode yes and both really enjoyed it and I thought it. it was fantastic yeah and we thought we definitely need to speak about this with our patrons because we will definitely all be watching it yeah and and as you should because it's really really it's good brilliant. So so we're going to yeah. spoil the first episode um, yeah so here. don't listen but do go and watch it if you've not it's on Sky Atlantic over in the UK or it's on HBO in the States um, we both really enjoyed it when we first turned it on and it said it was like an hour and 13 minutes I groaned reader listener I was not happy and actually it completely swept me away I didn't mind the duration at all well it's kind of and, and I, I doubt it's this a is a brilliant be, pilot it, yeah, it, it spends a lot of time as the first game did with um, the sort of the prologue right that's the yeah. daughter and full spoilers um, here again for full spoilers one. this is uh, with, with Joel's uh, daughter and uh, not to, I don't want to play that whole thing where I'm like, oh, it was diff- this was the same. You can't help different. yourself. I'm not going to do that. But the but, um, but he did do it to me as we watched. But it. naturally, I did it every five seconds. <laughs> the uh, but the you know that game opens like exact in, in exactly the same way, and, and so far it's very very faithful to the to the game right down to the music. It's got the exact same score, same logo. I don't know I why that it. surprises you. It has beautiful music, like no sane. It's a just director when, would change when things music. get adapted. Often, I think people want to put their own stamp on it. But I think importantly, Neil Druckmann, who is the um, the sort of creative director uh, of the the two video games and wrote the story, he is co creator with Craig Mason. So it feels like this is his baby, and he has yeah. brought it to life with Craig Mason. So rather than I think traditionally, if you like brought in uh, new writers and new directors and and they and they were just adapting a thing they probably they'd probably really want to put their own stamp on it. I think the difference here though is you have absolutely revered source material which more often than not video games aren't revered like this. Well and but like also as someone who doesn't play video games I know all about and it's not just because of you I know all about how narratively satisfying how beautiful how incredible the last of us is. And and I think importantly it's a funny one because it's hard to even describe it as a video game adaptation because as a video game, it is so heavily influenced by the quality of movies and TV. Uh-huh. Then it's almost like it's picking up the bat on back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because um, it is a it's a very narratively driven story. It's kind of like it's not an open world game. It's not Grand Theft Auto where you can just go and do everything. Mm-hmm. It's very much Neil Druckmann telling a story. I have seen a lot end. of it because as I was watching it there I was like having flashbacks to you playing the game and you showing me stuff but the casting is fantastic yeah Pedro Pascal he's in so two of the biggest amazing. shows on TV uh, so for anyone who doesn't know he's the man under the Mandalorian's helmet um, he's and, also and now in he's Joel one of my favourite movies of last year which was um, the in, Nicolas Cage one yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, fantastic talent the unbearable weight of massive talent Bear, yeah he's so brilliant I was saying to Dave like he's so brilliant and I feel like having only briefly looked at the video game he like perfectly plays the character but it's also jarring in every scene like 
how at every point he's just 100% at all times sexy and smoldering. <laughs> yeah, like, he, can. he can't help. Like, he can't help it. He can't turn he's it off. He's just so attractive. Um, but he's brilliant as an action hero. He's brilliant as a father. He's brilliant as, like, a rough and tumble kind of, I guess, army man. He's brilliant. It's... He's so good. Like, this show rests very comfortably on his back yeah I can't imagine someone else was even on in the running very iconic backpack the um, oh yeah he's, it's like Joel stepped out of the video game and walked onto, onto the screen and then Anna Torv who we love from Fringe and yeah she uh, plays Tess Mindhunter and then I, I'm really small because I said to Dave the second Joel's daughter came on I was like within a, two minutes I was like that's Sandy Newton's daughter yeah. it has to be incredible catch like they're I've never seen a child look more like its parent other than maybe um, Kate what's Goldie Hawn's daughter called again Kate Hudson like that's quite uncanny as well it's rare that a child looks that like one of their parents it is remarkable yeah it's remarkable and she's brilliant and I know she's a Nepo baby (laughs) but she was brilliant because we were both because as soon as you said I was like yeah looks really like her I'm like did they see G.I. Thandie Newton to make her look like a kid it's like um, we're also what started the uh, Welcome to Chippendales show and we watched the first episode of that on Disney Plus uh, to culminate in our upcoming what we've been yeah we'll talk about that in a later episode but as this actor came on and we were like wow he looks so like Dan Stevens I was like it's like an ugly version of Dan Stevens and then then we kept going on and then and then he'd take off his glasses and then we'd remark to each other without the sunglasses like no actually when he takes the sunglasses off he doesn't look really look much like Dan Stevens anymore um, and then and then there was this lighting on him during the day and it was like oh right now he does now it's clearly not Dan Stevens yeah. anyway the credits come up featuring Dan Stevens <laughs> <laughs> which so talked funny. ourselves around in circles and then the other anyway. star the main star of the show who will be the main star Ellie who is of course played by Bella Ramsey all of our listeners two, uh, two Game of Thrones uh, alumni there yeah. yeah and all of our listeners or most of our listeners did watch Game of Thrones and even for a, a Game of Thrones viewer like myself who's only watched it once and wasn't like obsessed with it the way other people were she really she's made an impression. really made an impression. Yeah. And what she's also in that I really want to watch is the movie that Lena Dunham directed last year um, that has the word birdie in it. And don't ask me what the rest Oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is on Prime. And I, I, I do want to watch that because um, I think Lena Dunham's a really great director. But anyway, I'm really interested to watch the rest of this series because I'm not into post-apocalyptic things and I'm not into zombies. And this is like, well, it's not zombie. It basically is zombie. So without the hook of Craig Mason and probably Pedro Pascal I don't think I'd have watched it and I'll, but you're obsessed so what's, what's, I'll watch it with you what's interesting to me is um, that this show this show is coming after The Walking Dead just finished mm-hmm. after and 10 years right Walking 10 Dead. or 11 12 so. and I honestly I mean you know, you know it is this is essentially a zombie thing as well and there is a lot of overlap I think in its themes and its subject matters the world's very Um, interesting though that they've drawn for us like I'm compelled to see more of the world well I mean my preference is I mean I went I I went off the Walking Dead bandwagon a long time ago but I I think but you were at a point in time obsessed with it no I think that show I think no I was never obsessed with it if you remember correctly I have it I had a very love-hate relationship with that show and yet you watched it for like time eight seasons yeah but it was like an abusive relationship yeah I remember I was yeah. like I was, this is awful it's just people 
plodding around being born. But a zombie show is... And th- but then it would be brilliant at the end. But a zombie My- show is... Or any post-apocalyptic thing or any pandemic thing is as good as the relationship setups and what, what well, people that, do in those situations. That's what I'm trying to get at in, in that the... Um, it's it covered they cover a lot of the same ground people are the real bad guys it's not the zombies you, you know what i mean because that's boring they're but just the other background thing, i also think it's uh, launched at a perfect time right because before now walking dead would have still been on or fear the walking dead or whatever the hell that show was and then also if it had come out a few years or a few years ago ain't nobody want to watch things in a pandemic well so i think this this is what i was b- I think leading up really to come out at a good time with i it. think it's an interesting time because one I do but I do think there is um the Walking Dead really was such a phenomenal hit and kind of defined that 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 genre and was a huge success and to come right off that it's like I I wonder will people coming cold to this be be a bit like oh whatever I you know I've 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 done this already do you know what I mean like there, and I think there's a fatigue with post-apocalypse stuff and so i i think that is potentially in against this show's favor mm-hmm. um now i think the i personally think the quality of this show is is exceptional so yeah, far it's wonderful. and the quality of the source material is exceptional so it, and it it's is the guy the who made your like no no i know yeah. and but and also the other difference is the network that is airing it right so you've mm-hmm. got um it's hbo yeah. is just a stamp of approval right yeah and I think that carries with it sort of, oh, may, I, I should pay attention to this. So I, I think I think it will do well in that regard. But yeah, the other the other point is the pandemic thing and the um, e, this game, the two stories of the games were written long before, long, long before the pandemic. But the um, the show addresses it right at the top with a with a brand new sort of uh, interesting to um, uh, what's his name, Hannah. Um, Daryl Han, no, John not Daryl. John Han. <laughs> uh, John Hanna shows up in a in a nineteen sixties TV spot, which is and this is completely fresh. I really enjoyed um, that to sort of set the set the uh, the groundwork. And what I loved is that um, it fa- that hit home a lot more after having lived through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as I was saying to you, I found personally the um, the scene of them driving through the chaos in the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. um, as everything is going to shit uh, we both said Greenland actually if anyone ha- hasn't seen the movie Greenland quite a strong Jared Butler movie yeah we really enjoyed that movie um, it's on Amazon which has similar sort of scenes yeah. of chaos and we have a um, full review of that on but to me feed. that that I found that quite um, powerful I thought it was brilliantly directed and done uh, a great action scene but also that to me was my fear. I had a lot of anxiety at the beginning of the pandemic. Because you'd played The Last of Us and watched The Walking Dead. <laughs> Maybe, clearly. Um, I never thought that was going to happen at the start of the pandemic. Well, I, I did. I Honestly, that was where my mind was going in that um, as soon as... I mean, the, the, there's, a, there's a theory called veneer theory that civilization is just... And decent society or whatever is just like... It's 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 a veneer, and as soon as you take away our toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> and you take away a our few flower. things, like and and go, it's institutions crumble and law and order fails, mm-hmm. well then you get that right, mm-hmm. and you get panic, and and there was a panic at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So for me, that that um, feels like very raw and very and very 
real. It's interesting because for me that was the least interesting part of the episode because it felt like a first person video game. <laughs> yeah, <fair. laughs> it was it was like lifted out of a video game. I'd say. How did you feel when the daughter died? Because for in the game that's super powerful it was really as well because you play as her, so you um, you imprint when you're playing a video game character. That's your you sort of imprint part of yourself on them yeah no um, I knew I mean so I knew she was really going to die because I knew the story from and, you and they did the same here because they tell it's all from her point of view yeah and you she's know, brilliant you like, follow she's her around getting the watch done and I made an epo baby joke but like she's incredible she, she wouldn't was have, she wouldn't have she been was cast really if she wasn't that good. really excellent um and I think and sorry but there was some great um horror moments uh in the beginning of this episode that it's incredible because craig mason isn't a director like he's a writer he did so a he's done a phenomenal job, job him and the whole team yeah because the, there were a few bits that really stood out to me when she is visiting the neighbors and she um goes in and then she's searching for the through the dvd shelves and um mm-hmm. and the woman is the old woman in the wheelchair is out of focus behind her and you see her doing this like I didn't even notice until you said it. Neck craning and her mouth. So you're is used agape. to watching her. I was looking at the DVD shelves. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 I what was just DVD like, uh-huh. and then I was looking at the window. I wasn't looking at the it old was lady. Scary AF. And then um, I just wish you hadn't bloody bored what? me to tears with a plot from a video game that you were playing at the time. Forced some of it into my subconsciousness, and now I know the plot watching the show. But you don't. You don't know. You might know the uh, the. I know. Well, you know where the destination, or you know where they end yeah, up. Yeah, but I don't. But the whole thing is the journey. Yeah, but you say that. But like, what were we all waiting for at the end of Game of Thrones? We wanted to see who got on the throne. Like you knowing the destination takes away some of the fun. Like, don't deny it. It's not your fault. You didn't know we were going to watch a HBO adaptation of it. But yeah. um, I'm definitely here to watch the rest of it. I mean, anyway. I'm sorry. I've also love. As soon as we turn this off, I'm going to ask you what you remember because I guarantee you don't remember. No, I don't want to start remembering it. I don't want um, to trigger that part of my brain. Oh, sorry. What did they end on? What was the song it ended on? We'll oh, I don't do some recall, but it was an eighties thing. I loved that whole thing about the code and Ellie cracking the code. That was all. That I was love all that new. actress. She's so cool. She's really so. Eighties means trouble, but does it mean? That it's his brother sending it? I don't know I can't who wait was sending out. the radio yeah. I like the stuff about his brother well, being far away and he's kind of seeking his he's brother. He's going to a radio tower, um, yeah. right? So I think it might have been the... Yeah, it might, it might have been from his brother. It's really interesting as well because... Um, My God, it's set so in 2003. Good. or the op- It opens in 2003 and the daughter, first thing she says is like terrorists. And you're like, God, terrorism was such a, a fear yeah. in America then. But also, when it's really fascinating to think about, okay, so if this all happened in 2003, there's no music after 2003. No. So, like, is the last known song but is, like, the Backstreet Boys Kathy, that's, uh, like, a major um, plot thread in the second one. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, because I find that really fascinating. Because we were she... looking, they were showing, just don't tell me sorry, anything. Okay, yeah, sorry. They were showing us, like, like her shoes or whatever she's wearing Converse and we were both like wait so those shoes are from 2003 Converse at the best of times yeah, go to shreds when people wear them well that's the other thing I thought the show um, conveyed brilliantly was the uh, um, the scarcity of resources I love when he takes and the little plastic bag back from so the drug good. So, such good world building that they had that, that just one scene with Joel and that um, security guard it tells you so much about 
Um, so just, just, like, just like how modern society works. There's, yeah. there's, there's people greasing the wheels behind the scenes yeah. um, and finding a way to um, survive. And there's all these sub micro economies mm-hmm. and sub economies happening. You're right. It tells it's you fantastic. so much about the economy and the society, but it also tells us so, so much about, about Joe. Joe. He's yeah. so resourceful. resourceful. He'll go and clean sewers. He'll deal drugs. Like he'll do anything to get his brother. Yeah. And I think that will really stand to him. And I think I'm not usually here for like a flashback within the same episode of something happening. But when they briefly showed us as the the guy was pointing a gun at Ellie and they briefly showed us Joel thinking about someone pointing a gun at his daughter and then Joel gets really angry. I was like, for once, it, it it's shows you it. he's, he's his 20 of years of anger and violence being second nature. And he's always thought I should have stopped him. So he's obviously yeah. acting on that now with Ellie. It's brilliant. Yeah, so good. Okay. And the, the other thing it, 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 it is, um, there's it, it's a real part of the game as well, that scarcity of resources. And that's what makes it such an enjoyable game to play because it's not like... Um, it's not like uh, your your traditional action game where you've got infinite bullets or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, you usually have two rounds in the chamber and a knife, and then you have to determine: Am I going to sneak past this person, or do I use one of my bullets? And I don't know when I'm ever going to get it. So it's like that those are the kind fun. of choices you have to make as a player, and I think they 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 translated that. I remember my um, sister, also known as Lockdown Nizzy, on this podcast, and she was living I think her flatmate at the time Elizabeth watched her flatmate Megan used to babysit our kids when so she used to often get shouted out in her podcast Elizabeth watched Megan play The Last of Us so did um, uh, our friend Joe and his wife Isla she watched she sat and watched him play it for <laughs> so it's obviously like 20 hours basically a so, TV show that's my point it's, it's, it's <laughs> the narrative is there like they, it's yeah. so funny they don't even have to do any work it's like it's just all there they could just make it what they have to do that, is make it a broader appeal TV show which they're doing but it, but it's there the narrative is there yeah. and, it's not, and it's because it, it's a video game that learned from the movies and yeah. TV so the um, I really enjoyed the leader of the resistance as well Marlene, she's so yeah. badass she's yeah. like I'm bleeding out here but she still organised all of that while she was bleeding out yeah I um, love I love the, the shorthand between all of them these quick deals being made yeah. can I trust this person they kind of know each other yeah yeah so enjoyable and and the makeup job on Anna Torov around her like it looked like she didn't someone actually punched her for the scenes like how swollen it's great to like, see it's Anna really good. Yeah, and, and you made a really good point while we were watching it that um the two roles she's most famous for in, in our mind uh, in Fringe and Mindhunter are mm-hmm. very um, extremely reserved very yeah very very conservative sort of uh, restrained yeah. role so ve- this is a very different role for her this is sort of like uh, uh, sort of swaggering sort of uh, you know um, I mean she gets to be Pedro Pascal's love interest <laughs> like, what, what, a, what a couple <laughs> <laughs> what a power couple okay we're gonna go but um, in the comments let us know what you guys think I know you'd all be watching it um, do you think we should do more episodes on it and um, yeah can't wait to talk about it yeah thanks for listening okay, bye ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revelhorwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.